I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, September 2nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, yesterday, Newfoundland and Labrador, they added a 20 cent tax to the price of sugar-sweetened beverages, which is bringing up the idea of a sugar tax all over again. It's like Michael Bloomberg in 2009 or whenever he was big on this. What are your thoughts on a sugar tax? I see you're just drinking, is that a diet Dr. Pepper? It is a diet Dr. Pepper, so no sugar added, but they should probably still have a tax anyway. I'm okay with this type of tax. These are really bad for us. Things that are bad for us should be disincentivized you probably feel differently. No, I'm okay. I'm okay as long as it sticks to beverages. I don't drink a lot of pop. I don't drink a lot of sugary beverages. I love water, as I'm sure many people do. But what I do like are the sweets, the candies, the pastries, the cookies. That's what I'm more into. So as long as you keep their hands off my precious cookies, Jay, I'm fine with whatever tax they want to put on. So everything but a cookie tax you're okay with. Everything but a cookie tax. <laughs> Brett, aside from avoiding a cookie tax on the east coast of Canada, what do we have for peak calls today? We're not on the east coast of Canada. Oh, well, I guess we're in central Canada, Jay, and that's what I'm concerned about. But we got a great bundle of stories for you. For our first story, the U.S. is blocking some chip exports to China. For our second story, Disney is launching their own version of Amazon Prime. And for our last story, some dollar store products, they have toxic chemicals in them, which is not good. <laughs> that's not good. For our first story, the U.S. is blocking chipmaker NVIDIA from selling some of its advanced products to China, according to the company's latest filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Brett, let's start with why this is so important. Yeah, so the these new restrictions, they're an escalation of U.S. efforts to maintain its edge over China in access to high-end semiconductors. We talk a lot about this on the Peak Daily. And the most important thing about these semiconductors, I think, is missed often, isn't because they can power your gaming console. It's that they're an essential part of modern military equipment. The newly restricted chips are typically used for artificial intelligence work like image and speech recognition. Yeah, they can also be used for a range of military applications, like I mentioned, like analyzing satellite images for weapons or gleaning intelligence from digital communications. And this is according to Reuters. Now, the background is that the U.S. officials argued that new policy would prevent, quote unquote, China's acquisition and use of U.S. technology in the context of its military civil fusion program to fuel its military modernization efforts. This according to the BBC. Those are some dangerous words, Jay. Also, if we zoom, if we zoom out, control over the supply of advanced chips is quickly turning into a major source of conflict between the U.S. and China. The U.S. and its allies have already cut China off from the tools needed to make high-end chips, including one machine made exclusively in the Netherlands that's needed for the most advanced chips. The world's most wanted machine. Now, faced with these import restrictions, China has spent tens of billions of dollars to develop its own semiconductor industry, but still can't manufacture the most advanced chips domestically. Now, here's the bottom line. Chips are now like a high-tech version of oil a strategic resource needed for advanced military and economic applications that the world's major powers are fighting to control. And Jay, I got a question for you. This is a trivia question. Do you know who makes NVIDIA's chips? I don't. We talk about them a lot. TSMC, the Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation. It's just a good rule of thumb. They make all the chips. Yeah, that's part of the reasons why. For our second story, in its never-ending quest for, I don't want to say a total world domination. No, no. New consumer experiences, Disney is exploring the creation of an Amazon Prime-like membership per the Wall Street Journal. Okay, so Jay, I get how this would work for Amazon, but how will it work for Disney? Well, I think maybe even better. Disney is in the early stages of developing a program that would tie together its streaming services 
theme parks, resorts, and merchandise into one tidy bundle. Now, the service would also offer discounts and exclusive perks, potentially offering subscribers everything from exclusive lightsabers to discounts for Disney's Broadway shows, The Lion King. Here we come. I would love a lightsaber. But now here's why it's all happening, Brett. A Disney Prime could boost revenue by goading customers into even more spending and, perhaps most importantly, grant the company access to a trove of user data that has more valuable info than the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin has gold. Now, Disney CEO Bob Chapek has been adamant about doing more to cross-sell to customers and has championed the company's position as a quote-unquote unique synergy machine that has many different avenues to reach people. That's kind of like the peak, Jay. Yeah, the move is also part of a broader shift Disney has already taken at its theme parks of maximizing its existing customer base to the fullest extent. Now, despite having fewer guests, Disney parks have made more money than ever this year by getting guests to spend more time at the parks, all while jacking up the price of basically everything. Yeah, the popcorn isn't cheap anymore. And the big picture behind Disney's new Prime-like service is that Disney knows that it's no longer enough for an entertainment company to just be a plain old entertainment company. From residential communities to startup accelerators, the House of Mouse has all types of ways to build growth. And for our last story, a new study from environmental advocacy group Environmental Defense that tested items from Canadian dollar stores found that 25% of them included toxic chemicals like, I don't know, lead, cadmium, and antimony. Antimony? Don't even know that word. Well, I have antimony for breakfast, Jay. <laughs> you shouldn't. Well, if you buy your bowls at some of the dollar stores, you might. Well, Brett, this is concerning. What is going on here? So toxic substances such as these are regulated under the CEPA, the Canadian Environmental Protection Act. Now, the problem is that these chemicals were found in parts of the items not covered under the CEPA regulations. While most of these flagged items only contain trace amounts, there were several alarming examples, like a pair of headphones that had inner soldering containing 3,000 times the amount of lead allowed on the outer parts of the products. Wow. That would sting. The study called on Environment Canada to close gaps in enforcement, including stronger product testing, and require companies to label all hazardous ingredients in their products. Now here's what's next. These demands potentially could be met. Earlier this year, the Senate passed a bill that would update the CEPA, the CEPA, for the first time since, well, Brett was in high school in 1999. No, I was in I was in elementary school, Jay. What are you talking about? That was way off. This strengthened version of SEPA includes a framework for assessing the cumulative impact of chemicals and recognizes the right to a healthy environment, something that 156 other countries already do. The bill will go through another round of debates in the House of Commons before it can be passed into law. It's there that environmental defense hopes it will be strengthened further. And here's the big picture. So the damage these toxic chemicals cause has been well-documented for decades with links to everything from cancer to cognitive disabilities. A healthy environment should be one where they have no place in consumer products. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to daily business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, two things. One, it is my sister-in-law's birthday today, Alita Solomon at Tutti Matti Restaurant. No flea plugs. And Brett, have a good long weekend. That's the only free plug I allow. Uh, and I hope you have a good long <laughs> weekend too, Jay. Okay.